Well, crystals are a tool. They're allies to us and they resonate at different energies. Just as we do, we all have a unique vibration, a different personality, a different pitch to our voice. So we have this unique energetic imprint, if you will. And certain crystals also vibrate at certain levels and different vibrations too. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world inside a podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. As an artist, you may have experienced creative blocks, lack of inspiration, or even burnout. I know I have, especially during the pandemic. I had so much time, but I was completely burnt out and my creative well was dry. Now, if you're feeling stuck for whatever the reason, it can be difficult to move through that. And that's why it's always helpful to explore all the techniques and tools that are available to us. One thing that has been used for centuries are crystals, which help balance your energy and enhance intuition and creativity. Now, to help us talk about that, I've invited an expert. She is the host of the Spiritual and Ambitious podcast, and she's given countless readings, like 10,000 readings to thousands to help them connect with spirit. She's also an expert in working with crystals and can share insights on how they can be used to enhance creativity and tuition for artists. Please welcome to the Inspiration Place, Whitney McNeil. Well, hey there, Whitney. Thanks so much for having me. I am really excited for our conversation about crystals and creativity. I think this is a great time for this conversation because of the burnout you just talked about. We're feeling stuck with creativity. So we can talk all about how to utilize different tools that we might not know to help shift that energy for us. Perfect. Okay. I got a list of questions for you. (laughs) Bring it on. All right. So first of all, how can crystals enhance creativity? And are there specific types of crystals? I think that's yes. going too far. Let's not talk about the specific types. Let's back this up, this conversation up for somebody who maybe is not familiar with why crystals work and how they can help you. Like why crystals? I think that really should be the first okay. question. Absolutely. Well, not only are they beautiful and they're fun to look at, but they also can support our energy. So we have energy in our body and it's always great to utilize different tools in our lives to help support that energy. So for instance, if we want to seek out a relaxation, right? One of the tools could be, okay, I'm going to go get a massage to help relax. Well, crystals are a tool, they're allies to us, and they resonate at different energies, just as we do. We all have a unique vibration, a different personality, a different pitch to our voice. So we have this unique energetic imprint, if you will. And certain crystals also vibrate at certain levels and different vibrations too. And so you can help your energy if you're wanting more creativity, more inspiration, whatever your goal is, by selecting an ally or a tool 
that supports that specific vibration. So for instance, with chakras, we have different chakras that help govern different areas of our life, such as creativity. So sacral chakra being great for creativity, one-on-one relationships. And so we have crystals that support that specific goal and that specific area of our life, just as others. So crystals vibrate at a different frequency and they help support the energy around us by wearing them, by putting them in our art, by putting them around our desks where we sleep. I'm listing all the different ways I currently use crystals and how other people can use them as well. Not all the ways, but some of the ways. So in a nutshell, that is how they can help support us. Right. One way that I like to think of it is somebody who only recently became like interested in this is that crystals, what you're talking about with the frequencies, that they're actually used in radios to pick up yes. frequencies. How are they used in science to? Yeah, they can be used in watches in different machines to scan and things like that and computers. I mean, it's just amazing when you really think about, all right, science is utilizing this. Well, okay. That has some credibility to us being able to use that energy around us in our environment too. I love that. So I also like them because they're pretty. And then for those who know that I have, I have this uh, apartment in the city and then we have a farmhouse and one of the biggest crystal places in the Northeast. I really should get them to sponsor this episode, by the way. I just realized totally that. I, I totally should reach out to them. So it's on my way. And there's like this vegetarian cafe in, in the town of Wurtsboro. And we always stop there to pick up lunch and get like vegan food. And then I go to the crystals and I'm just picking out what looks pretty. Like I'll put it in my hand. And does that feel good? I don't know, but it's pretty and it'll look good and my, you know, whatever. But there was one time when I was feeling very sad about my son moving away to Israel. And I asked them to help me pick out a crystal that would pull in like the love energy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? What I'm even saying? I don't even know what I it wanted, does. but I just figured that there was a thing that would do that. So of course they pulled out this giant crystal and it was so big that the owner came over and like wanted to know who I was, you know, it was like, oh, wow. No, there wasn't the most expensive one in the shop. Like, I think it was like $150, but I think most people don't go in there buying those things, but they do have crystals that are like hundreds of dollars. Oh yeah. Thousands of dollars. So in in Arizona, we have the Tucson gym show every February around that time. And just thousands of like humongous crystals that exist that people will pose with. They make chairs out of them. And of course we can have tiny little pocket stones as well. But I will say size isn't all that matters. And we say that about other topics too, (laughs) as far as crystals go, little tiny crystal can pack a punch, right? It's like, you could have a really large crystal, which could radiate amazing energy, but let's not discount the small ones too, that can really have an intense energy too. 
Oh, that's good to know. So like, I just get a little tiny crystal and stick it in my pocket. It should do the same thing as a big crystal. Well, I'd say yes and no. You've got to make sure that that crystal is going to work for you. And I always say the best way to purchase a crystal is to go in person. And you can take a few moments before you go in the store and set your intention, which it sounds like you did. You were really clear in what you wanted a crystal to help you with. So when you're in the store, you might already have some, let's say, knowledge of what color you're looking for or what you think might help. But allow yourself to kind of be drawn around the store. And when you get in front of a section of crystals, you could just take a few moments and just let your intuition guide you and say, all right, which one should I pick up? Which one should I try out? And I always say, do your non-dominant hand or your left hand and pick up the crystal, take a few moments, and you can just say in your mind, will this crystal be the right fit for me? Will this crystal work for me? And you might feel a yes or a no, because I will tell you, Miriam, sometimes you get crystals and it feels like it's a dud. Like, I don't feel anything from this, Mm. but I could pass it on to you and you might go, wow, this is an amazing energy. I want to get this crystal. So it really depends on the piece and the type of crystal. And if your energy really resonates with what's coming from it. Okay. So now that we've like kind of set the tone of what we're talking about, if an artist is looking for a crystal to enhance their creativity, are there specific types of crystals that you'd recommend for artists who want to tap into like a greater creative potential? Absolutely. And I believe that the right answer will be different for each artist, but there are some go-tos that I want to talk about. One of the go-tos is carnelian. So you can wear your crystals and jewelry. And one of the things I'll say is it's always really good if you know what chakra you're working with. So with creativity, a lot of times we're working with a sacral chakra, which is below the navel. And it is great if you can wear the crystal around that chakra. So for instance, you could put this on your wrist. If your wrists are kind of hanging down by your waist, that might be great for you. You don't always have to have it in that area but you could also put it in your pocket as well. It's right there in that vicinity. So carnelian is a great stone to help your sacral chakra, but also to help amp up that creativity that you're wanting. It's a really good stone for that, but maybe you feel carnelian and you're like, "Mm, I don't feel anything from it. Well, what I would say is start looking at some of the other orange stones because generally speaking, an orange colored stone most likely will have some of the vibration that you're looking for, but not always. So citrine can also be good for solar plexus with confidence, but you can find pieces of citrine that are definitely more in the orange scale that can also help with creativity. So this could be helping you have more confidence in your creativity, helping you have more confidence in your art. So those two are some great go-tos. Orange calcite is a great go-to as well. And okay, if you're let me looking, just interrupt you oh for yeah, a minute. Go for so it. There's two th- There's one is a question and something I just want to add. So first of all, if you're listening to this on the podcast, we do have this on YouTube as a video. So you can see all the crystals that Whitney and I are talking about. Either she'll be holding it up or I'll be sharing pictures of those crystals there. But before you go any further, there was an important question I wanted to ask you. So you were saying that 
right below the navel is the where it should be. And so, of course, I thought, well, that's our womb area. Now, for a woman like me who's had a hysterectomy and doesn't have a womb anymore, and Whitney just raised her hand. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to share that. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Women like us and many listeners, perhaps, who don't have wombs or men, right? So is that still a source or what What goes there? Is it? Does it have memory there? Like... Yeah. So your sacral chakra is going to govern the womb. If you have one, it'll govern your ovaries, but also men don't have ovaries or people who identify in that way might have some questions about this as well. It's for every human. It helps you with your creativity. It helps you with letting go. It helps you with one-on-one relationships. And it really corresponds to areas of the body, such as the hips and the hips store emotion. They store memory and there's generations of memory that we have from our ancestors, even in this area, and from when you were younger as well. So let's just say that you have a creativity block. Well, maybe that creativity block was because somewhere in fourth grade, somebody made fun of your art and you're feeling like, oh, okay. I don't exactly know what my block is, but I'm going to grab this carnelian and I'm going to work with this energy here. This energy could help release some of those blocks that are stored. And not only can you wear it, but you can put carnelian or citrine around your station, around where you're painting or creating art. You can actually, as long as the stone is not entirely too heavy, like we were talking about earlier, you can put the stone directly if you're in your bed, right? You're laying down. Mm. You can put it right below your navel as well and think about your art. And you can ask for inspiring ideas that can come up too. But I, when we get to it, I have some other crystals that aren't orange, um, but generally speaking, these can be really, really helpful. So no, you don't have to have a physical womb in order for this to help you. Okay. Thank you for, for clarifying that. That's a good question. Yeah. All right. So do you have any personal experiences, either yourself or stories of artists that you've worked with who have used crystals to enhance their creativity? Uh, and what, what happened with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a kind of an interesting story and then I'll talk about what you might be thinking. So I used to teach intuitive art classes and we would paint the chakras and I would lead everyone through a meditation and we would put a specific crystal down based on what we were painting, what the intention was. So with creativity, we might place some sort of orange crystal on the table. We may hold that crystal. And for the third eye, for an example, you could use lapis lazuli, which helps you with your intuition, right? Like your inspiration. I want to get inspired of what to create. And then painting whatever it is as you're holding the crystal or allowing it to be in your pocket and painting whatever it is. So many times people would come in and say, Whitney, I don't have any art experience. I don't know what I'm doing. And like, no problem. We're not doing a paint my numbers. We're doing intuitive painting. And as they were painting, as they were accessing the energy coming from the crystals, you could see their confidence improving. You could see this inspiration happening. And you could see that they were no longer worried about what it was going to look like. And it was actually, they were healing their energy as the painting was happening. 
which is really beautiful. But I want to tell you another story, which is really fun. Another way that you can utilize crystals in your painting is literally pushing them up, which sounds horrible when you think about it, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to destroy a crystal. You can always talk to the crystal and just kind of ask and whether you believe in communicating with crystals or you're just wanting it to feel better with yourself, you can say, you know, is this appropriate to utilize this crystal? So this is a piece of selenite. It's a large piece of selenite. I actually put this underneath my bed, but there's little tiny fragments of selenite that happen and you can crush them up with a mortar and pestle, put it in your paint and you can paint. And I have done this and I have had my students do this in their paintings, but also their entire room. And so we don't necessarily think of painting our rooms as art, but when you're putting the crystals in your environment that way, so many things happen. And there's other crystals that you can work with in that way too. Of course, you can use more of a mixed media and put your crystals right there in your art. But those are some creative ways for you to do it. And it definitely makes a difference. People will walk into the room and say, oh my gosh, I'm feeling some energy here in this room and I don't know why. This is the same with creating pieces in your art where they'll not even know the crystals in the painting and they're feeling something different. So if you want to add something energetically, you could consider something like that. There's another thing that I wanted to share too with watercolor. And so Miriam, you are the expert in this, but you can actually charge your water with crystals. So some crystals will do well in water, some will not. And what you can do, and because there's actually water bottles that you can just put your crystals in, and I have some, you can do that with amethyst, for an example. You could do that with carnelian, but there are some crystals that are too soft, like selenite and other crystals that might be toxic to drink mm. the water if you were to do that. But you can also take, let's say, a cup of water and put your crystal on the outside of it and allow it to be in the moonlight, allow it to be in the sunlight and just kind of charge the energy. And then when you're utilizing your watercolor, you have the energy of that crystal. So this would be really great for creativity, utilizing carnelian or some other type of crystal in that way too. But again, it doesn't always have to be the orange crystal because you might be wanting inspiration. So you might want an indigo colored crystal, or you might want an amethyst crystal to help just kind of assess that inspiration and that energy that you really desire. There's a, an exercise class that I used to take, and I don't know if it's made its way to Arizona so from a chain soul cycle. Mm-mm. They have that. Oh, there. I haven't heard of it. It's okay. So Maybe. it's basically a boutique spin class. And what one of the instructors shared with me is they put a huge amethyst behind every bicycle because it's known to help community spirit. Is that something that you're familiar with? Yeah. So amethyst can be so great for the collective, like a collective consciousness. You can put them under chairs or any crystal. So we would actually, when I had in-person classes, we would tape some crystals underneath the chairs for everybody. And it's just this extra little boost of energy that happens. And I would actually take Jasper when I needed to help grounding or a carnelian. 
And I would put it underneath my chair when I felt like, whoa, I feel a little ungrounded. I need to kind of round out my ideas into the physical present world. So I love that they do that. That's really neat. When we come back, I'm going to ask Whitney about rituals and techniques she recommends for working with crystals in a creative context. So for that, stay tuned. Sorry to interrupt. Here's a review of Artpreneur from AMF. They write useful and relevant advice for artists of all kinds. Artpreneur is full of advice and information from artist and mentor Miriam Schulman, covering topics from psychological hang-ups like imposter syndrome to how to price your work to make your marketing pay off. The information is practical, useful, and actionable, and there is no worry about the writing being dry. The tone is conversational and like the best kind of pep talk. There are plenty of anecdotal examples of artists who have implemented changes and seen results, serving as further inspiration. This is for any kind of maker looking to turn a passion into a profitable business. Shulman feels like someone in your corner with answers, imparting knowledge, and showing you how to move forward armed with confidence. This is a resource to look to again and again as you move forward with your creative business. To order your copy of Artpreneur, you can go to artpreneurbook.com or wherever books are sold. And don't forget, you can get the audible version of the book as well, which is read by the author and includes excerpts from her podcast guests. So, if you like the Inspiration Place podcast, you'll love the audiobook. And now, back to the show. Welcome back. All right. So Whitney, you've given us some ideas already for how to integrate the use of crystals in our creative practice, whether it is putting them in the water, next to the water, putting them under the chair. What other ideas do you have for working with them in a creative context? Yeah. So before you start your art, I think it's always great to just set an intention. And if you're wanting more creativity or right before you're getting ready to take action, take a few moments. I always say, take a crystal that feels inspiring. And to be honest, if you feel a little confused at, I don't know which one to use, well, choose the one that excites you and that does look pretty. So for an example, here's a tangerine aura quartz, right? It's a quartz that's heated to a high degree with gold and iron oxide. Well, okay. It's pretty. So I'm just going to put it right there and allowing that to be in your space and then set your intention of what you would like to create, what you would like to happen. And you can place your hand on the crystal. You can hold it in your hand and just ask for any ideas to flow through. And instead of concentrating, because sometimes we really try to focus in on like, give me the message or, you know, where's the idea I need to find it. Or you feel really blocked. Just allow it to be in your energy and to nurture you, to just be an ally, to be in there. And what I'll say is sometimes we need to just create, like we just need to start moving our body. We just need to start moving our hands and just not think so much and allow for it to come out instead of thinking. Now, if you do feel like you're having trouble with thinking, then I would recommend looking at a stone that's purple. More a stone that is a deep blue, 
because this will correspond to more of our spiritual side where we're not thinking so much with that lower mind. We're not trying to logic it out. We are allowing ourselves to just be open. So it reminds me of when you have these crystals in your space, it reminds me of this funnel on top of our head that we have where it's like, oh, ideas are popping in. All right. I don't know where it came from, but I'm just going to allow it to come through. So those are some different crystals that you could work into your routine if you feel like you're stuck, a indigo or something like a deep violet. And then if you're really wanting to enhance whatever that is, this is a really huge one I have, but clear quartz. So obviously I'm not going to put this on my body. I'm not going to put it on my head (laughs) if I'm meditating or something. It's going to be really hard if I'm painting to like deal with this somewhere in my body. So I'm just going to put it out in my space. And when you have crystals that are rough cut like this or that point out, it's really good to have more in your space because it helps with the ideas. It helps with the energy. If you're wanting to have more of a pocket stone or more of a focused kind of energy and you want to use it on your body, it can be really helpful to have a tumbled stone because it softens the energy and it's a little bit more focused and direct in what you're wanting. If you are somebody that's like, oh my gosh, I want to do some sacral chakra healing, then you might want to get a stone with a little point at the end and you could focus that and point it directly into your art or directly into your sacral chakra as a focus. So the shape can help you as well as just the crystal. But quartz is a higher vibrational stone that will amplify the energies that are around you. So if you already have these other crystals, it's just going to amplify what you have that's already present. Here's a review of Artpreneur from Paulette Bensignor. Paulette writes an uplifting book. I like the spirit of this book because it's joyful and upbeat. The author makes you feel like you can accomplish all your goals for a successful career in the arts. It's well written and researched. If you want to get your hands on Artpreneur, you can head on over to artpreneurbook.com. And now, back to the show. All right. So Whitney, this is all very interesting, but can you share insights on how the energy of crystals interact with the energy of the artist? And I want to ask this question in two ways. So first of all, we've been talking about how it can leverage to enhance creativity, but do we have to worry about picking the wrong crystal that's going to actually block it or make it worse? I don't really feel like we have to worry about the blocking because your crystal is just going to help you no matter what. It's going to help you. It's an ally. It's going to aid you with what it is that you you need in that moment. So let's just say that you picked a deep red crystal or you picked more of a light blue crystal or a green crystal. Well, that's going to help your heart energy. Let's say if you picked a green one and then you'll have more love in your painting as it's coming out. If you have picked a deep red one, then you might start to be more attracted to more earth elements or you're feeling more grounded when you're painting as well. So there's not really anything that's going to block you. It's just more so, okay, I have allies for different areas, allies for different things. What I will recommend is that when you sit down to paint, I don't recommend tons of crystals everywhere. I recommend just a few or just one or two. 
so that you're not being bombarded with all the different energies. I don't know about you, Miriam, but when I walk into a crystal store, if I'm not grounded, sometimes I'm like, whoa, what is all this energy going on? And it can feel a little overwhelming because you have all these energies in one room and it can almost feel like chaos sometimes in a good way sometimes, but sometimes not. So if you want to set your intention, let's just make it really simple and choose one, maybe two, possibly three. I remember the first time I took my daughter to the crystal shop. I think she felt overwhelmed by it. So she's a musician. So she's highly sensitive. And her reaction was like, well, I just don't believe in this. And she walked out. And, but oh, then wow. she came back, you know, and now she likes going and buying crystals. But I think it was because it was just too much for her. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Sometimes people do react like that. When I first got my first Reiki session ever, it was energy. So if you're not familiar with what Reiki is, it's this universal energy and a practitioner is doing Reiki, like channeling it, and it's supposed to balance your chakras. Well, I got on the table and she had a bunch of crystals in her room. And I said, I got to get off. Can't do this. She's like, what's going on? Is something wrong? I'm like, it feels weird. I can't do it. I don't know how to describe it. I got to go. And then I ended up going back. But I felt the same way with crystal stores too for a little while because it's just so overwhelming. So I get it. So it sounds like she's really energy sensitive. She just maybe didn't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, I had a similar experience when not with the crystals or Reiki, but I went to something where at the end of it, they did a sound bath. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, I was like, oh my God, I have to get out of here. Like I thought it was the very end of the day. And I thought like I was going to kibitz or whatever, or swap, I don't know what business cards or IG accounts or whatever. And I was like, nope, nope, I got to leave right now. <laughs> I like <laughs> didn't know what was going on, but I just had to get out of there. It's too much yeah. for me. Absolutely. And it's good to follow it because I feel like, you know, you can't force it if you're not ready for it in that moment. All right. So that brings us to your intuitive languages. So how does like the sensitivity of people relate to that or does it? I know you have four intuitive languages as part of your framework. Absolutely. So every single person is intuitive. It's just sometimes people don't recognize that they're intuitive or they say they're not because they've watched a movie or they've heard some stories and they're like, I don't see anything when I meditate. I don't hear anything. I don't feel anything. I'm not intuitive, but really they are. They just don't know how it comes in for them. So there's four main intuitive languages, the seer, the owl, the empath, and the channeler. So the seer is what we traditionally think. When I close my eyes, I'm going to see something. I'm going to see a vision. I'm going to see a color. I'm going to see which crystal to work with. Or you know, when I'm meditating, I'll see things. The owl is someone that can hear their messages or hear their inspiration as it comes in. So maybe you're wondering what to paint and all of a sudden you hear, oh, I'm going to paint this flower or, oh, I'm going to, I hear this color to use. If you're an empath, you're more of a feeler. So you'll probably sit in front of your paints or your canvas and you're saying, ooh, I feel like using this today. I feel like I need to be drawing circles today, whatever it is. It's more of like a feeling. And then there's the channeler. The channeler thinks they're not intuitive at all if they don't have another language. And the channeler is. Their body is intuitive and it shows up like this. Oh, have a thought. This is what I'm going to paint today. It's just a thought. It's just, I'm, I'm going to do this. Or 
my body's just painting some stuff and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm just in it. I'm just in it and we'll, we'll see what the end result is. So they move through body and they have thoughts that pop up. With that, there's different languages that might resonate more with different crystals. So if you're a seer or an owl, you may, if you want to open that up more, want to choose a deep blue stone, an indigo, or a violet stone. And the reason is because people that are geared more to seeing or hearing their intuition, that's because their third eye chakra is at work. Their energy is very active there. So if they'd like to enhance that, then they can utilize one of those crystals. Now, those who are channelers and empaths, their intuition is more so governed by their third chakra, not their third eye, but their third chakra, the solar plexus, which is a yellow energy. So they may feel like, I want to enhance this. I really would like to have more of a yellow crystal, like a citrine. So this is different depending on your intention. If you are an empath and channeler or a channeler, and you'd like to increase your sight from your intuition, or you want to hear your intuitive messages or your inspirations, then you might want to choose a purple or indigo crystal. So it really depends on where you feel guided and what you would like to open up a little bit more. But regardless of your intuitive language, you can still utilize the crystals that really match the colors or your intentions. So it doesn't necessarily matter which one you are. It's just, what's your intention? Okay. That that's beautiful. Now, if I were to guess, I have not taken Whitney's quiz yet, or if I did take the quiz, I might've taken the quiz a while ago and I forget. But if I were to guess, I would say I'm an owl. Mm, You know what? Owls are the rare type if it's their primary language. So I would say the top two tend to be seer and empath and then Chandler and then owl and owls will hear their messages. And it often sounds like your own inner reading voice. And sometimes people have trouble with discerning. Is this my own stuff or is this like an intuitive message? And owls tend to talk out loud. They like talking. They need to hear themselves talk. They need to process things out loud. So if you're resonating with that, yeah, you're probably an yes, owl. yes, and, and yes. <laughs> yeah. They take in information through listening. So everybody listening to the podcast, if this is the best way for you to take in information, then yeah, chances are you're an owl. Or at least have it in your energetic makeup because we're not just one language. We have mm. generally a primary language or a top two, but we can still have all. And here's the thing, Miriam. Our intuitive language can change because we're changeable people or changeable beings. So if you're an owl today and two years, you might not be, you might have a different primary language, but sometimes people say to me, well, is it bad if I have just one? Is it bad if I have all? Absolutely not. I encourage everybody to learn all the languages so that you can be more fluent in conversations with your intuition. Okay. So if you want to know which language you are, you can go to shulmanart.com forward slash intuitive. We will put the link in the show notes. And this is episode number 263. So if you're listening on your phone, you can look down and just 
click through to shulmanart.com forward slash 263 or just shulmanart.com forward slash intuitive. And if you're on YouTube, it's right below. And I want to know, take the quiz. If you're watching this on YouTube, on the comments below, share with us what it is. I'll make sure that I'm going to take the quiz and pop back in here and share what results I actually got. We'll see if I was right about that. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you can tag me or DM me on Instagram. I'm at Shulman Art, or you can tag Whitney too. Whitney, what what is your handle again? Messenger of Spirit. I would love to know. That would be really fun. Yeah. So tag both of us and what other insights you got from this episode. All right. Let me just see if I have more questions for you. I think we've hit everything though. I guess finally, do you have any advice or words of wisdom for artists who are interested in exploring crystals and connecting to their inner selves? I would say try it out. Just go for it and see what works best for you. Don't get stuck in the weeds of, oh my gosh, you know, how exactly am I supposed to utilize crystals? There is a great process that you can utilize, but let's just keep it simple for today. Do you want to wear one? What's your intention, right? And then choose a crystal that really feels good for you. And let's just say that you find a crystal and you wanted to wear it, but you couldn't find a piece of jewelry. You can also get a gem cage. They're like, I don't know, a dollar, $2, $3. And you can shove your crystal inside of it and wear it as a necklace. So don't make it too hard, but try it out and let us know how it's going. I would love to know over on Instagram, tell Miriam how it's going. And just make it easy. But this is a great way that you can utilize and just enhance what you already have going on for you. Okay. All right. So don't forget to check out the quiz. You'll find that at shulmanart.com forward slash intuitive. And Whitney, do you have any final words for our listeners and watchers before we call this episode video podcast, whatever it is that you're, you're <laughs> however you're consuming, if you're just channeling it, who knows? Before we call this complete, I would tell everybody that you are intuitive. So many times people just feel like they're cut off from their intuition. But if you feel like you're cut off from your intuition, then you're really feeling like you're cut off from your inspiration and probably are having a block in that way. So know that you are intuitive. It's just not necessarily the way that your ego or your brain thinks it's going to show up. And just allow, just allow, allow yourself to receive and allow yourself to try new things with the crystals and how your intuition is showing up for you. And I would say that most of the time, 99% of the time, your intuition is also going to show up through your art. So what's your art telling you? I'm sure it's going to be telling you a story. I love that. All right, my friend, if you enjoyed what we talked about today, I will be talking about spirituality more over the next few podcasts. So make sure you hit subscribe. All right. I'll see you same time, same place next week. Until then, stay inspired. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com.